Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about Shadows of Self, the second book of the Mistborn Era 2 books, chapters 8, 9, and 10, wherein we get a flashback of young Wax and his uncle, a heart-to-heart with Steris, then Wax and Steris go to a party, then Marisai and Wayne also want to go to the party, but they're not invited to the party and then uh, it turns out that the uh, the Conjurer Bleeder is invited to the party, or I don't know, I don't know if they got an invitation engraved or anything like that, but they're there. So you know. Anyway, I'm Data, and with me is Jack, Joe, and Jamie. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Does anyone really know the mind of the bad? Wherever you're going, whatever you do, a man in the dark keeping watch over you. So poison the ivy with your crocodile tears. We're climbing the vines to the heart of your fears. Can you tell me, has something changed? The rewards are zero, cause I ain't no hero. Do you know it when you go strange? Is your taunting true? Am I as crazy as you? Check my head So yeah, we're 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 back from not a break for y'all, not not a break even for us recording. I've been gone for a week, so it feels like a long time since we did this for me. But uh, we are back for chapters eight, nine, and ten of Shadows of Self. What did you guys think of these three chapters? These are pretty good. I thought you said once upon a time that Brandon doesn't do flashbacks. Remember saying that I, I, he generally likes to keep stuff in chronological order, like as far as the chapters go. But I I definitely would never have said that he doesn't do flashbacks because there's at least one of his books that flashbacks are a major component to how um, the, the book and the way that it's written works. But OK, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like the this this one threw me for a bit. I thought it was not I thought it was cool. But um, yeah, I was just like, I could have sworn you said he doesn't like doing that. Not not that he doesn't do it, but he doesn't like it or something. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I think that was probably my favorite part of these chapters, like seeing a bit of insight into Wax and Edwan's relationship. The party stuff was fun, but I feel like it sort of dragged a bit. That could just be me, but like it was interesting when Bleeder finally showed up and was doing the whole Professor X talking to your brain thing. Because I'm like, how the hell has Akandra figured out how to do that? But yeah, no. like in- interesting, Interesting enough, and I guess... Good to, good, good to see a bit of action, but yeah, like I think the flashback was the most interesting part for me this time around. And yeah, and well, on the subject of, shout out to, I think it was it Jamie who theorized based on the interrogation scene that we had with the guy that the conjurer had somehow figured out how to talk into people's minds. So, you know. Yeah, I think that was me. <laughs> so good job there. Apparently called Thanks. it. Ding, ding. But yeah, I, I kind of agree that the 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 party might uh, the party drags a little bit. I it, it's there's some good opportunity for Wax and Steris's relationship to develop as they're talking there. That was pretty like. cool. Um, it, it it was nice, like him taking her up and doing the the entrance on the balcony with her, and she's just like, "Yep, like like uh, some some might call this impropriety, but I call it fun or something." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> whatever that line was, like. That, that 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 was a cool little moment, and it was fun to see Wayne impersonating someone else. Um, 
like because you know anytime wayne does something like that it's always fairly amusing yeah and impersonating like a a a well-known scientist and trying to get like scientific jargon or whatever in there that's pretty nice (laughs) you just set the field back three years they'll catch up (laughs) yeah these chapters were good ish sure that's not as sarcastic it wasn't uh anyway i like the flashback quite a bit actually the it does it does seem very kiddish to do what he kind of did which was to like run and grab the coin and then like take it into the guy and be like look here sell this you'll be a millionaire and then and then you know the guy obviously does believe because it's a random kid walking in with a coin and that guy has no frame of reference for what that kid is saying or doing or even knows to believe him so i felt like that was pretty realistic so that was that was interesting. I like the little story, uh, and I like all the interaction with Steris and Wax here. I think I, I think it's well written, and also it shows that they're kind of better suited for one another than than maybe Marisai and Wax for sure. Especially because she likes being a part of what he's doing, but also she's not like inserting herself so much that it, she she gets put into like a lot of danger. So it's I feel like it's the right kind of insertion um, into the danger for her. Uh, and so, yeah, I I, uh, I liked all their interaction. I did agree with everybody else also that the party does kind of drag. But, yeah, all the Wayne stuff is priceless. And the governor, I don't know. There's something else going on, obviously. I mean, I think we know that because there's there's some other kind of corruption that we haven't been privy to yet. But there's something else going on with him for sure. And, yeah, I'm interested to see where this bleeder thing goes it's just keeps getting weirder and weirder i feel like the ruin thing makes sense being able to talk to the person when they're pierced with metal it is although it did seem strange to me but maybe he's just decided to do this from now on since he talked to sazed but it's weird to me that he's got that he he kept the earring in his ear Mm. like through through the through like the party and stuff i don't know maybe Maybe it's just, I mean, I guess nobody would really care if they know he's a Pathian. They'd be like, oh, he's just wearing his Pathian earring. But but anyway, uh, yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, that's, the chapters were good. I kind of agree about the earring. Like, it's like, and, and I think it may be that I imagine it as bigger than it probably is, because it's made of, uh, in reality, it's probably like, kind of like the size of Vin's earring, just a little, because it's made of an old spike, right? So it's probably just a little thing. In my mind, for some reason, I see it like uh, like one of the earrings that the Bajorans wear on Star Trek. No, like I totally giant. see that same thing. Like, I, I see that same thing, but more dangly. Like, yeah. I feel like it would be long and dangly. And so I'm just like, I feel like it's really noticeable when you wear that, but it's probably, it's probably right. not really. Yeah, maybe not. And I let's be honest, I mean, if he knows that, uh, that this... Condra is running around. I'd probably be like, "Look, I'm gonna keep this in in case God notices something." Is like, "Hey, look out! There's the Condras over there." But yeah, that makes sense. But but yeah, it's also still kind of weird. I mean, look, realistically, if I'd had my earring in and then all of a sudden had a conversation with effectively God, I probably would have just forgotten to take it out. <laughs> it's a big distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like these chapters. I thought the flashback was really good. I'd actually totally forgotten about the coin. Sorry, you're going to have a giggling baby in the background. There's no avoiding it. I'd forgotten about the coin until almost all the way through the flashback. And I was like, oh, that's the coin they took out of that guy. Right. This is the significance of it. Also, 
has this person been stalking wax for like ever? This is like weirdly personal. Like to to know about that too, it just is just crazy. So I I've got many thoughts around that, which we we'll, we can talk about later. I loved the interaction between Wax and Steris. I'm really glad that they sort of got a bit of a moment to shine as a couple, however odd couple it might seem sometimes. They just, it seemed really, like, comfortable with each other. You know, she's she's planned accordingly and she's she's making an effort and Wax has smiled a few times and it's just, it's nice. I really like. I really, really like this pairing. That's really cool. And it was also really nice to see uh, Wayne and Marisai just have a bit of time to sort of riff off each other as well and work together, you know, obviously not in the same sense that they're a couple, but I really like how they're engaging with each other as well. Yeah, I thought uh, the, the the party yeah, had some, like a, a few slow bits, but I didn't I didn't find that it really dragged for me because there was enough going on I think because we know that Wax is looking for Bleeder I feel like reading through it you're waiting for something to happen and then finally you get that voice come up which was I was really excited um when that happened as well yeah and a lot of fun flying around I just I thought it was fun I really enjoyed everything that happened in these there was nothing in here that I was like oh you know more spook high imperial yada 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 (laughs) um there was a couple of really good lines from Wayne as well. I really liked um, was it, our accent is the clothing for our thoughts, something like that. I just thought that was such a really cool line. I really enjoyed that. I love I love Wayne's thought process and some of the stuff he says. He's he's such a cool character. I I agree with you about like getting to see Wayne and Marisai like kind of work off of each other because they may it's a very different team dynamic from what you have with like Wayne and Wax. Mm. But it's also yeah. really interesting seeing how they play off each other because Marisai is a lot more innocent and incapable of controlling Wayne in sort of the same way Wax does. So Yeah. Uh, but I think Marisai's relaxing a bit around Wayne too. She's, you know, not going to stoop to his level or whatever, but I think she was calling someone a bastard at one point and Wayne was kind of like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's uh, like, you're talking like normal people. Yeah. Yeah. Bastard, by the way, my favorite curse word. So the fact that she got into it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Good to know. It's very, it's a very versatile word. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it just sounds like ugly, which is great. Like, ah, oh, bastard. I was yeah, say, it's, I think it's, the it's thing better with really, an accent. I think everything that really sealed it for me, and this is very specific, Soul Calibur 3, I think. It, or, yeah, Soul Calibur 3. I had it on GameCube because that was the version that had Link in it. So I wanted it on yeah. GameCube because I wanted to play with Link and Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was playing that game. And in that game, there's a there's like a thing where you can go and look at just all the voice. This was back when like voice was kind of newer in video games. So you could go back and look at all the voices and do like test the voices for each of the characters and uh, kind of listen to different speeches, different things they say while fighting. And Mitsurugi is one of my favorite characters in that uh, game. He's like a samurai guy. And uh, for whatever reason, one of his test phrases was just bastard. But he said it very specifically. <laughs> it was just like, bastard. <laughs> and so ever since that moment, I was like, that is, that's just a great, that's just a great word. I, was, I, I love it with like a Scottish accent. It's, uh, it's very fun. Yeah, Scottish. Let's see. 
Oh, you, yeah, you're bastard. Bastard. It's pretty good. Sure. Yeah, there we go. Have, have fun. <clears throat> uh, okay, I guess let's let's get into these things. So we start out with with young Wax, twelve years old, having a conversation with his uncle, and his uncle is trying to teach him the very important lesson that money doesn't actually matter. It's it's not about how much something is worth. It's how much you can convince someone that a thing is worth. It's how much people are willing to pay for something that is that is actually relevant to, that creates wealth. Which is very true for anyone who's ever been on eBay. Yep. Or, you know, just economics in general, which I think is kind of the point here. It's like, you know, we we trick people not trick, but, you know, we well, we all agree that something is worth a certain value so that we can trade and barter without yeah, actually yeah. like using items to do so. So it's just kind of how society shaped itself after, you know, trading chickens and goats wasn't really a viable system anymore. Yep. And his example is this coin, which, as Jamie points out, is the coin that in the last section was taken out of the guy's arm, which was, was creepy. And honestly, I kind of forget that bit, too, that it was like inside of him and that we got it out. And Wax is like, what the hell is this? But uh, <clears throat> it is a misstruck coin. It has a very slight defect that has caused it to be the most valuable coin ever in the history of Ellendale at this point, because some guy... Some guy took a bunch home to be like, hey, look at this weird coin that's different, slightly different from the other coins. And then they got out and uh, it became a problem, I guess, kind of. But uh, my favorite part is when his uncle's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to see the error. And Wax is like, oh, yeah, it's the pillars on the right side. They're too close. And his uncle's like, yeah, how uh, who told you? And Wax is like, I saw it. He did like this thing where he crosses his eyes to get the things to overlap so you can see what's different. And his uncle's response is my favorite, and it just, I feel like, speaks volumes about this character, where he says, nonsense, your lie is not a believable one, but I can respect your attempt at hiding your source. And then he moves on to, so, he's not upset that, he he thinks that he's just been lied to, and he doesn't care about that. He cares that, A, I feel like your lie is not a believable one, and you need to work on that, but... Uh, you know, I respect you, you you trying to hide your source, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let that pass. It's a weird form of integrity. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't. I like that he thinks a 12 year old just has sources that he needs to go ahead and keep <laughs> on the download just in case. It's clearly hard. yeah. It really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, my my friend in the schoolyard told me all about these special coins, and I don't want to tell my uncle that my friend at the schoolyard told me about that. <laughs> what were you saying, Jamie? Yeah, it's clearly... I said it's clearly Hoyd. Oh, oh yes. Sure. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. Uh, you know, I met a sexy drifter uncle, and he told me uh, <laughs> about these coins. The 12-year-old yes, thought he was very sexy. And... It was... <laughs> well, it was the co- it, he's, Hoyd's the coachman now, isn't he? Was it like yeah. Perhaps, perhaps um, Wax caught him in the middle of a dalliance with... One of the ladies. Oh, of the... It's with Steris, because ah, that's cool. who Steris was going to have the affair with, was the coachman. Oh, gosh. Wait, would Steris also be, like, 12? Mm. No, I was just no. I was just thinking, like... like currently, because he's the Yeah, Hoyt coach. is the current coachman for Wax, who is who yeah. Steris. I didn't even think about that. That's... Yeah. Steris would, Steris would uh, partake in activities with the sexy drifter. <laughs> he could be raising an otherworldly bastard and not even know it. <laughs> 
Well, no, but that was that was the deal in the contract. It was not until after an heir has been provided. Sure, sure. Mm. But, I mean, who knows how long Hoyt's going to stick around and be the coachman, so. Mm. <laughs> Hoyt, the deadbait dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that. He pays child support in shard powers. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> he gave me a pebble for child support. I don't understand what this is. We had to eat it. What? Why? <laughs> It's like, I'm pretty sure that was a joke when he told me to eat it, so. Yeah. So I sold it for some beans. <laughs> Magic beans. Uh, Pe- Pebble and a Spike, child support payments. There's your band name. Pebble, Pebble. and Spike? Yeah. Yep. So Wax's uncle is trying to teach him about banking because he's like, you're going to take over the house one day and you need to know how to do stuff that's important like banking. And Wax is like, I'm not going to be a banker. I'm going to be a hero. And another interesting bit where his uncle's like, look, I expect this kind of crap out of your sister, but your father should have beaten this shit out of you by now. Is she okay? Yeah, thanks, Mm -hmm. Unc. What what, what a guy. So apparently Wax's sister is uh, a little uh, fanciful, maybe? Or maybe it's just that she's younger? I don't know. Idealistic. Yeah. Or maybe he's just a case of, like, like, thinking if the son inherits the house, who gives a shit what the sister does. Mm, Could be. And his uncle's just like, look, heroes, they're out. They don't matter. That, that, that This is an era of modernism. Kings and warriors once shaped the world. Now quiet men in offices will do the same and do it far more effectively. Which, geez, doesn't that feel like a dig at our world? But Yep. Sure. But, I mean, I think that was, like, uh, a reigning attitude of the twilight of the Old West as well. You know, the age of gunslingers was passing. Yeah, makes sense. And his uncle is uh, wants to show Wax the new approach that this the central bank of Elendel, which is the bank that is on the coin uh, that they're taking, because his family apparently has like a controlling interest in this bank or at least a, a large interest here. And so they their secret like slits that let them spy on meetings of people applying for loans, which that's just creepy in and of itself. But um, but what we see is. One guy who is, he says, it's a dirty man, and the guy's like, the loan will help us move out of the slums. I have three sons. We'll work hard. I promise we will. And apparently that's all of the meeting that Wax needs to hear, his uncle thinks, because he closes that and moves to the other side, where there is a uh, a very rich man. And the banker's like, are you sure you need another boat, Lord Nicolin? And he's like, of course I'm sure. Why would I bother even coming if I wasn't serious? Jeez, you people. <laughs> You know, this guy was so over the top with the, of course, I'm sure. I really thought that his uncle was about to say, like, we're going to lend money uh, or like the bank's going to lend money to this rich guy. But what they don't know is that, like, that's actually a poor guy that we dressed up like (laughs) it's like you if you if you dress appropriately or if you look a certain way, then, you know, people will do what you ask them to. And and uh but that wasn't the way it went. And if Wayne was if Wayne was teaching the lesson, I feel like that's the way it would have yep. went. But that's not the way it went. That's not the also, way an, it also an important lesson, to be fair, is that, yeah. Yeah, that's relevant. Dress, dress the part. Although Wax instantly, when when his uncle asked him, he's like, who do you think we're going to loan to? And he's like, well, I mean, the rich one, assuming he's not lying or acting. Like, Wax is already suspicious that he's like, is this guy really what he looks like? Maybe Wax thought he was over the top, too. Uh, and they're like, no, no. Yeah, he's banked with us numerous times and never misses his payments. And he's like, okay, so you give that guy the loan and not the rapport guy. 
And his uncle's like, no, no, no. We're going to lend to both of them. And Wax is like, oh, so you're going to use the credit of the rich man to underwrite the risk of helping the poor man. And his uncle's surprised, like, oh, okay, your tutors have actually taught you some shit. All right. And Wax starts to think, like, maybe this is how you can help people. Like, I could make a difference by helping these poor people by, like, writing this line here of, you know, doing enough of these richer loans to be able to help the poor people and balance the risk. And uh, his uncle's like, then spoils that entirely. Like, he almost had Wax on board with being a banker instead of a hero. And then uh, he's like, but no, 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 you don't understand. What we're actually going to do is we're going to put that poor guy so far in debt to us that he'll spend the rest of his life paying us most of his wage. And the way that we write the contracts, his sons will also have to pay down his debt forever. Capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> so you you just see like Slurmy Slanka or whatever his name was. That, that, that was the name that they, they say in the commentary they wanted to name him. But uh, yeah, his name's like Glermo. This is a... Uh... This is truly the Wild West before they have, you know, you know, regulations. Yeah. Wax is like, they're practically slaves. <laughs> and so uh, his uncle's like, P- the other banks haven't seen this yet. They only lend safely. But we, for the last six months, have been like aggressively, like the, the common people are flocking to us. Soon we'll have made slaves of them all. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not that over the top about it, but that's basically... Yep. And so he's like, it's just like this coin, which is value created out of nowhere, basically, because people think it's rare. They're willing to pay all this money. I found a way to take the poor of this city and to make them valuable. And he's like, so this coin is a gift for you. I want it to help you remember. And Wax just grabs it and runs and try, tries to give it to the poor guy, as as you guys mentioned earlier. And it's like, no, no. People pay thousands for this. Take this and sell it. Don't sign those papers. And then we cut to where he and Steris are riding in a carriage, and he's apparently telling her this story. And she's like, what did your uncle do? And Wax is like, well, he, he was really pissed off, and uh, the, the laborer signed the papers because he couldn't believe that someone would actually give him something so valuable. My uncle came in, wove lies in the air like pretty puffs of colored smoke, and got his documents. See, I like this portrayal of his uncle also is basically like a used car salesman here where he just comes in and starts spinning this bullshit. The laborer, his name was Jendel, killed himself by jumping off a bridge eight years later. His sons are still in debt to the bank. Though the house no longer owns an interest in the bank because that was one of the things that his uncle sold off for money before gutting the house and faking his death. It's Sarah's just like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And Wax says that this, along with what happened in the village, which we still uh, keep getting vague references to some event that happened in the village. But these are the things that led him to leave town, basically. And the coin has tiny letters scratched into it that says, why did you leave, Wax? (laughs) Chilling. Yeah. Steris is like, how did Bleeder get that? And Wax says, "I, I don't know. I sold it before going to the roughs. My dad had cut me off and I needed money to outfit myself for the trip. And he's just like, this story bothers me. And I don't, how could Bleeder, you know, know about this? Like that this would have significance. This is crazy. Well, if it's, um, if it's any like the last book, characters that we thought are are dead would turn out to not in fact be dead. So maybe Jendel is actually, um, the guy who bought the coin and, uh, he faked his death and, um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's set Bleeder up. Let's go. 
Revenge. <laughs> Revenge on the kid who tried to help me. I mean, I think I think the obvious possibility here is we've already discussed that maybe Bleeder is working with his uncle. Yep. So his uncle knows the story. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know that his uncle would know how powerful this story is in Wax's like mind, but he does know the story. In fact, he may be the only other person who knows the story. But the coin is a symbol that t- like that ties Wax to him. So mm-hmm. he might not be, he might like not know how much the story affects Wax, but uh, he's just trying to remind Wax of something that they did together. Mm-hmm. And Wax has some in- issues with like, you know, why did I really go to the rust, try to be a hero? I think it was maybe really selfish in the long run. And Sarah's is like, I, I, I doubt that you care, but I don't really. Your motives don't bother me. You saved you, you save life. You saved my life. And my gratitude is not influenced by what was running through your head as you did so, which and it's a great perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's completely valid. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, that's a really good point. And Wax is just like, uh, he seems to find this kind of awkward. He's like, Steriff was prone to these startling moments of pure honesty. He's, he's not quite sure how to handle her still in some ways. And so they're coming up to the skyscraper. The party's going to be on top of the skyscraper or up at the top. And uh, there's a long line of carriages and motor cars waiting to get into the party. And Wax is like, I guess we'll be late. And then he thinks, well, or maybe. And Steris pulls out her planning notebook and mentions that uh, this is the first party here. So the attendants aren't used to this much traffic. And he's like, you accounted for this delay, huh? Mm-hmm. And she has written in her book, 817, way to the building, likely blocked by traffic. Lord Waxilium carries us up to the top <laughs> floor by Allomancy, which is completely inappropriate and at the same time breathtaking. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's, it's about this time that I'm just like, I really love you, Starris. You're awesome. Yep. But uh, <laughs> he's just like, it's 813. You're slipping. And she goes, that traffic was lighter than I expected. What, 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 what can you do? <laughs> Nobody's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you really want to do this the hard way? And she goes, actually, I think this is the easy way. Completely inappropriate, though. And he agrees with her. And she's like, but, you know, do you have a reputation for this kind of thing? And I can't be expected to keep you reined in. But she wore appropriate underpants for flying through the air. (laughs) (laughs) She's really got it all figured out. I I love her. She's great. I think when we first met her in like at the start of the first book, we were all on board, just like, man, fuck this lady. And now we're just like, this is, she's great. She's the best. We just didn't know enough about her, yeah. I guess, at that time. You know, and now she's actually a bit more a part of the story, and it's just yep. fun to read. I guess that should teach us about first impressions. Yep. Thank you, Stairs. Mm. Thank you for teaching us. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I had told you guys when we first met Steris that uh, she became like a fan favorite character by the second book, then nobody would have believed me. Oh, we probably would have just gone, oh, you know who else is a fan favorite? Spook. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a fair, fair point. Yeah, that guy sucks. And so they go into, they, they kind of, you know, he they float up, which, by the way, Wax once again shoots a hole in the ground, like in the cobblestones. So that he can shoot himself up. And I'm just like, dude, this is, you're really just messing up these streets. That's kind of, it's kind of rude. Stop shooting things, Wax. <laughs> but uh, they, they fly up into the air and Steris is, you know, she's, she's awed by this experience. She's, she's really into it. She likes this flying thing. 
And she's also kind of into Wax. She's like, I can see it in you. You're a predator. You're fully awake, Waxillian Ladrian. She has like a whole long paragraph actually, like comparing him to a lion and stuff. And it's like, no, she's she's actually kind of into this guy. Which is probably a good thing since they're going to get married, but not entirely expected. I'm I'm intrigued by this mention of lions because I know like in the prologue we saw giraffes out in the desert and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, sand lions. Okay. I think Granite Joe mentioned lions uh, in that same prologue because I remember being like, oh yeah, the, these guys are out here too along with the giraffes, so maybe it really is Savannah Lake. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of um of de- of desert lions and desert giraffes. Can you imagine a, a cowboy riding into town on the back of a giraffe? <laughs> he, causes, he causes a traffic jam because he has to park his giraffe on the other side of the street so it can bend down to get to the trough. <laughs> yeah. well, I definitely can now. I can imagine yep. it. Giraffe cowboy. Next book. So Wax says Bleeder is going to be here. She's going to try to kill the governor again. And she wants to test me. And Sarah's like, you act like this is personal. And Wax, Wax says, I wish it I wish it was. I wish I knew this person well enough to for it to be personal. But clearly, Bleeder seems to be making this personal. And so he tests out uh, the new tool that Renette sent, which seems to be essentially like a grappling hook. He calls it a rope and spike. And it does help him a little bit because as we discussed in the previous book, as skyscrapers get taller, they get thinner. So... Him pushing straight up also gets him away from the side of the building. And in the first book, he used his shotgun to, like, shoot himself, like, make himself way little. And then the shotgun kicks him a good distance. But you can't do that as easily while you're holding Steris. And after his first use of the rope, Steris is like, oh, well, that was well performed. And Wax goes too slow. And she says, oh, dear. And then they go up faster. And she thinks it's wonderful. And he thinks, I don't think I'm ever going to understand this woman. And they get to the top, they land, the guards are showing up, and he's actually kind of like, good, the guards are on on, on point. They're uh, not uh, ignoring the windows and stuff. But he just strolls into the party, he pushes open the doors with his alamancy and just walks in like he owns the place. Which at that point, that's that's getting a little showy, Wax, come on. You can <laughs> open a door with your hand, dude. I think Marisai made a point, like, he, he just does that all the time anyway, in one of the <laughs> previous chapters. I think you're right. Hey, man. If you got the if you got the Jedi Force power, why would you not use it? I mean, we know Renette has her whole house set up so she can do just that. Yeah, yeah. she's a lurcher, right? She pulls. Yeah, she pulls. We cut to Wayne and Marisai at the bottom, watching Wax and Sarah's fly up in the air, and Wayne is pissed off. It's like, man, could have at least left Sarah's and taken me. Jeez. <laughs> and he he has his internal monologue about. Uh, Wax just persists in this whole engagement to Steris mess because he misses Leslie so much. He really doesn't seem to like Steris much, Wayne. Um, which is a shame because we're starting to like her. I mean, I don't think he dislikes her as a person. He just doesn't like the fact that she's with Wax. Yeah, that's a good point. And I love his his bit about, like, Marisai was surprised that he had a fancy outfit. But, I mean... You had beggar costumes and constable costumes and old lady costumes. If you got to blend in with rich people, you need a, a fancy twit costume, as he says. I love that. <laughs> it just really sums up how Wayne feels about <laughs> the whole thing. Yep. 
And so he's forged himself an invitation that looks exactly like the invitation that he traded off earlier in the day. Man, this is almost like that invitation would have come in handy, huh, Wayne? Well, I mean, Except- that, was, that was his last resort to get in, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, um, to get to get into the dormitory, I mean. It's like, oh, I didn't want to yeah, have yeah. to do this. I was trying to convince the lady. Just yeah. Anyway. That was his ace in but the hole. Yeah. Wasn't he, he gave her a forgery? No, he gave her the real one. The one that he's using now is a forgery. Yeah, oh. he, because he got, he, basically, Wax, he gave them Wax and Steris' invitation. Steris because one. it wouldn't matter if they had an invitation. Everybody knows them, so they would have been, they would have let them in anyway. Yeah. And then. Yeah. But they wouldn't have let Wayne in anyway because he was on the list to not let in. Yep. But as a fun note, they get told specifically that because of the increased security, they're not letting anyone with an invitation without names into the party if they're not the people the invitation was sent to. So that means that that one that he gave that lady uh, at the school, when she shows up, (laughs) she's not going to get in. Exactly. (laughs) And next time Wayne goes there in a month, she's going to be extra pissed. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Well, she probably wouldn't have known. Like that wouldn't technically have been his fault. It would have, because yeah. she would have realized. Oh, because of the attempt on the governor's life, they've now enforced this policy. Well, shoot. I mean, yeah, but she probably still also blame him for it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I don't. Know. I don't feel she, like she doesn't she can, like him, but okay. So. I mean, I know she doesn't I mean, like him, but still, he 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 did right by her. Like you know, the intent to do right was there. No, no, no. I, I feel I, I don't I don't think it's logical, but I think she would still associate some of the blame on that to him. Be like you embarrassed me. We showed up there in our fancy outfits and got turned away. It's all your fault. Yeah, because like when when people are angry, they can easily put that anger somewhere where it's not warranted, and they just oh, do it. Oh well, like, sure, but you know, trying to give her a little benefit. The lady's not a bad person. That you could. Have uh, to, I mean, except for the whole obviously bribes, is not yeah. cool. Sure, bribes, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the brings up the hemallergic thing, and Wayne's like, "Damn, you've read that book too?" And she's like, "Well, Death did give it to me first, so Wax let me make a coffee." <laughs> I like how they're still calling him Death, as if that's yeah. his actual title and position. <laughs> it's like Marsh isn't Death. I don't know that they know that like his name was originally Marsh. Like they just that's see him true. as Iron Eyes slash Death. Well, I think Wax does now because um, he talked to Says and Says called him that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, yeah, the other two may not know. And you know, it's just quicker to say death than Iron Eyes. I love when they get turned away and Wayne's like, hey, here now, we're important people. Don't you see how fancy my cravat is? <laughs> Anytime he mentions items that he has, I'm just like, all right, where'd you, where'd you trade that from, Wayne? <laughs> exactly. That's the I almost, said, I almost said steel there. It's like, oh, no, 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 let's get this right. <laughs> And Marisai is even more pissed. Like, I just saved the governor's life today. You're not going to let me in? And they're like, yeah, nothing we can do. Sorry. And Wayne pops up a speed bubble so that he can get a look at the at the little clipboard the guy's using. And it turns out. It's like, yeah, they specifically don't want to let you in, Marisai. Yep. They're, they're on the, the list of people to not let in no matter what. And that's when Marisai's like, that bastard. <laughs> and Wayne's like, Marisai, you're starting to talk normal like. And I also like how when the speed bubbles up, he's like, hey, you have to move around a little bit. If you stay in one place too long, then uh, they'll, they'll see you there. And so I, I like this idea. She's kind of like bouncing around while she's reading this list. People, people, just because it's a drama doesn't mean you can't do a little comedy in the background. <laughs> throw, 
throw a pie or something. <laughs> and so there's also a list of people that they're supposed to let in no matter what. And Wayne picks a name off that list. And she's like, no, what? that's Professor Hanalanazi. He's a brilliant mathematician from New Saran. And Wayne's like, also, most people won't know what he looks like, huh? Sounds perfect to me. And he's like, I got to gotta go get some weapons. And she's like, if you're thinking of sneaking guns, then no, no, not guns. Different kind of weapon. Math. <laughs> oh, Wayne. So we cut back up to Mar- Mar- uh, Steris, not Marisai, Steris and Wax. Walking around. The the decorations here are interesting to me. They have, like, pedestals with the alimantic metals laid out and labeled and big nuggets of them. And, uh... Mm, nuggets. Wax says, okay, let's talk to the partygoers that you plan for us to approach. And she's like, no, no, we're gonna we're, we're doing your thing tonight. Let's go find us a killer. <laughs> oh, back to back to Wayne saying math was a weapon. It just made me think of, like, Schoolhouse Rock. It's like, or not even Schoolhouse Rock, whatever it's... Whatever the thing is where they're like, knowledge is power! Yeah, knowledge is power. That's, uh... Is, is that not Schoolhouse Rock? I think it is. Maybe it is. Either way. And so he's he's looking for signs of uh, of the chondra. And he's also, he puts up his little steel bubble and ends up pushing the jewelry and the, the little pieces of metal off the pedestals as they walk by. And she, even Steris is like, my my bracelet is trying to jump off my wrist. Can you can you quit? And I like that he can just like mentally add a little exception for that. But he also makes her take it off because he's like, I don't if there's a fight going, I don't want somebody using your metal against us. I also like his... Uh, his little trick of he pours some powder into his water so it looks like whiskey so he can fake being drunk later. Classic cop move. Yeah. And I like it's like somebody comes tries to come and talk to them and he he glares at them to make them back off and she's like, dude, you can't just start growling at people. That's not. <laughs> and he says, I didn't growl and then thinks, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And. Here comes, she goes, let me handle it next time. And here comes a guy who's like, oh, hey, I, I was just thinking about you. How's your wedding arrangements proceeding? And uh, Steris is like, oh, we've only just settled on a priest. What about you? Your engagement is the talk of the city. She's like, oh, uh, about that. Um, uh, I, 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 bye. <laughs> <laughs> and Wax is like, what the hell did you do? And she's like, oh, he's been cheating on her. So the topic makes him uncomfortable. Go Steris. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And he's like, good work. You're good at this. And she's like, no, I'm proficient. There's a distinction. I'm not one of like the masters of the art in this room. To be fair, if you're getting married and you're cheating on the person, even if you weren't cheating on the person, people are going to ask you how your wedding like yep. arrangements <laughs> yeah, right. are going. So if that makes you super uncomfortable, you should probably fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially I when mean, he started off the conversation asking about theirs. It's like it's, yeah. it's going to get yeah. reversed. Like she says that she she was blunt force in that, but I'm like, I mean, not really. You're just kind of being nice, like asking him, reciprocating the the question. Yeah, I guess also, maybe it's just like I'm I'm blunt force because I'm just deliberately making someone uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to her she is, but technically, yeah. I mean, unless it's just like so common knowledge that he's cheating that he's like, man, how, how could she ask me about that? She knows I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> She, she's complaining about him, like the earrings. He's, he's trying to push the earrings out of every woman they've had. Did you notice Lady Remen losing her ring in her drink? 
And he goes, I missed that. And she says, pity. It was entertaining. <laughs> just, And uh, she says, let's avoid this guy. He's super boring. And Wax is thinking, man, funny that Steris would remark on someone else being boring. And she says, you're thinking that it's ironic I would note someone else is boring when I have that same reputation. And he's like, well, I wouldn't have said it like that. I mean, yes, I was thinking that. <laughs> it's a very, very fiancé exactly boyfriend the word thing I to do. Used. Like, no, no, I wasn't thinking that. That's not <laughs> exactly how I was thinking it. And she has a, a, a comparison ready where she's like, I recognize another bore as you might recognize a master alamancer as a colleague whose arts I don't particularly wish to sample. And Wax smiles at this. And she's like, if you do find the murder, steer her in my direction. I shall endeavor to fascinate her with the details of our house finances. And with luck, she'll fall asleep in her drink and drown, and I shall have my first kill. <laughs> and all the kids' response is, Stairs, that was actually amusing. Like, that's a very that's, backhanded compliment. Yeah, that's a very backhanded compliment. And she says that she cheated. I know you enjoy witty conversations, so I prepared earlier writing myself a list of things I could say that you would find engaging. And... He's like, man, you plan for everything. And she's like, I do like to be thorough. Uh, sometimes I'm so thorough that I need lists about how to plan my plans. I need a plan for planning my plan. Oh, it's such a spiral. <laughs> and by the way, yes, that quip was on my list also. This is the moment where when I first read the books, like I usually go through so fast, I don't notice much. But this is the moment where I stopped and I'm like, she's like on the spectrum, like Writing things down before you go to a party that you can say at the party, that's like textbook. Like, okay, I, I'm getting her now. I, I'm kind of understanding what he's going for. So yeah. you got there You got there before I did, Dak. But this, this is the point where I hit it. Yeah, that makes sense because it's like they, they, go a lot, they have to prepare for like normal social interaction. Yep. And Wax says, wow, that's the most genuine thing I've ever seen. And she's, but I'm being fake. I prepared ahead of time. And Wax is like, yeah, you'd be surprised how many people do the same thing. So we do find out uh, that they've now been able to get House Ladrian being one of the wealthiest in the city again by Steris' money backing him. But also it helped them last long enough to to for other investments to come through. So now they're they're back on top. He sold the ballroom, though. Yeah, he's he's, he's probably not going to buy that again if he can avoid it. <laughs> And so he's he's he has a, a, some thoughts about how noble birth and economic and political power should not align as often as they do. The Lord Mistborn's laws based on the last emperor's ideals are supposed to put the power in the common men's hands, but the same groups just kept on ruling. Well, and, you know what they say, power corrupts. Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> so the governor's chief bodyguard comes up and he's like, Yeah, I hear that my men at the doors let you keep your guns. Yeah, no, yeah, sure, you, you can tell yourself that if it makes you feel better. <laughs> Too bad about your deputy. And Wax is like, wait, what? Hey, security threat, had to turn him away. And Wax is like, oh, good. And after the guy leaves, Terrence is like, you're not worried about what? No, I was worried that he'd be so bored here that he'd wander off and get into trouble. But this guy gave him a challenge, so that's exactly what he needed. Just the kick in the ass Wayne needs. If Wayne isn't in here somewhere already, I'll eat your handbag and try to burn it for alimantic power. <laughs> and then a very strange interaction where a um a, a very chesty woman, um, <laughs> she's very specifically described yeah. that way, walks up uh, hair the color of gunpowder, he says, which that's a very wax thing to say, I feel like. 
uh, Milan, and she's <laughs> just like straight up hitting on him while his fiance is standing right there. Like part of the description is like, oh, she's wearing a red dress, missing most of its top half. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> wow. You had an interesting reputation. Are the things they say about you true? And Wax goes, yes. And it says that she smiled, expecting more, and he just stares at her <laughs> until she's so uncomfortable that she walks away. And Wax's explanation is, you learn the stare early. And that's all <laughs> we get. Yeah. To be fair, if somebody, if a woman was hitting on me in front of my, I guess for me, my wife, that is, and they asked me a question similar to that, like, oh, I heard you're uh you're a really uh, handsome guy, but you're even more handsome person. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> and then I'd just stare at them until they walked away as well. That's probably the appropriate way to handle that with, uh, with you know, just distant assholery. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's just I want to learn the stare also now. <laughs> you just stare at him and with a, with a look of, like, uh, you disgust me or leave me alone. <laughs> I feel like you do it. You just don't realize you do it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, we, we cut over to Wayne, who is now dressed in his uh, smart guy outfit, but is waging his own private war on the uh, catering staff <laughs> as they try to avoid letting him steal all of the food. And he's like, rich folk don't make sense. They give away the most expensive booze in the city and then worry about people eating all the little sausages. <laughs> And so he's planned out how to circle the room at just the right time to catch all of the wait staff as they come out with fresh plates of food. Whatever it takes to keep you entertained, I guess, Wayne, so you can do your job. He's just getting into the whole math headspace. Yeah. Academics love free food. And uh, he has uh, he's got this very elevated diction now that he's using. And uh, Marisai's playing his his uh, assistant. And steals one of the sausages off his plate. Outrageous. <laughs> Which, I mean, fair. If she's following him around, she could also nab her own plate. Right? <laughs> Wayne doesn't share food. <laughs> <laughs> our accents are clothing for our thoughts, my dear. There's there's that line Jamie was talking about. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Without them, everything we say would be stripped bare, and we might as well be screaming at one another. Oh, look, the dessert lady has chocolate pastries again. I do find those irresistible. <laughs> and uh, a guy shows up is like oh professor i can't believe you came <laughs> and i like he hands marisai his plate for a second and says don't eat these <laughs> stop i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> you, you need to go with like the description of this guy he's like he's wearing so much plaid that you could have strung him up on a pole and made a war banner out of him I'm like dear god what is he what <laughs> Yeah, and then and then the mill that made it this outfit must have used up its entire year's quota of stripes. Yeah, so he's, he's that cool. damn stripe quota. <laughs> uh, and uh, Wayne's like, "So who are you?" And the guy's like, "Oh, I'm I'm so and so. You know, I wrote that this paper. Oh, right, 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 that paper." And uh, he has to put up a a bubble and step over to Mary's side and be like, "What is this guy talking about?" And Marisai goes through a book that she'd picked up at a shop nearby so they could fake this stuff. <laughs> it has to do with the way a spectral field is influenced by magnets. Here, try this. And he's like, Wayne comes back. Oh, yeah, that's old news. Uh, you should check out the interesting results coming from this. 
how a static electric field produces these results. And the guy's like, I was going to study that next. Well, you're behind by at least three years, man. That poor guy. <laughs> and he just runs. It's like he dashed for the lift. He, Wayne had never seen a scientist move so quickly. <laughs> You'd have thought someone was handing out free lab coats in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I imagine this guy just be like, oh shit, oh shit, I gotta get back to the lab. I gotta do it. I gotta figure this out right now. It's just like the the desperation to not be behind. To the mobile. Wayne says chaos in their field will be good for them. It'll stop them from sitting around and thinking so much. Mirror says, like, isn't that their job? Hell if I know. But Russ, if it is, that would explain so much. Oh gosh. So, uh, waxing stairs. Get up to the governor. Manage to speak with him. And uh, apparently the governor's wife has not made it to the party. She's not feeling super well. I will tell her you asked after her. And the governor's trying to pl- downplay the uh, the severeness of the attack, the attempt on his life. He's like, I don't think the guy had a terrible name. He never would actually hit me. It's fine. Would that the survivor would always send such enemies to me. And often around the election season. And then uh, Wax says... That whoever killed his brother is trying for him, and and he says, "Curious, but you're known for jumping at shadows, are you not?" Oh, geez, would he be an asshole? And Wax is like, "We need to meet in private to discuss some important. I, I need to let you know what's what we're dealing with." He's got to tell the governor that we're dealing with uh, a faceless immortal. And the governor's like, "Okay, yeah, we'll put that on the schedule." Which apparently it says from innate that was a promise. Wax was gonna. So it's that's kind of nice to know that apparently when this politician says he's gonna do a thing, he means that he will do the thing. I already like him uh, a little bit better than his brother. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think uh, to me that meant like the specific phraseology. Like if he hadn't said those words, if he said, uh, like, yeah, okay. we'll look at that. But, okay. but if he says like, we'll put it on the schedule, that means, yeah, like I'm going to get you on my schedule and we're going to do that. OK, that ma- that makes sense, too. And this is when somebody starts talking in his brain. Look at them. They dress in painted sequins. They drink wine. They laugh and smile and so on and so forth. And Wax is like, what the fuck was that? That's not God. <laughs> Bleeder had found out how to communicate with someone wearing a hemallergic spike. Are you there, God? It's me, Wax. <laughs> Wait, that's not God. Who is this? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. God isn't here right now. Can I take a message? <laughs> yeah, if you heard that in your own thoughts, that would be terrifying. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'd be pretty startled. We cut back to Wayne, who's going for the sausage lady again. <laughs> and uh, and then he gets slapped. He's like, at first he thinks the servers had finally got tired of him. <laughs> but it is a young woman who's like, you're a monster. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, and she says, Remington, Remington Tarsal. Do you think anyone at this party has heard that name? They haven't. I've asked. Using my father's incandescent lights, which he toiled for years to create, and no one knows his name. Do you know why? I suspect I don't, because you stole his designs. So she says uh, I, her father was supposedly an inventor who created electric lights, and the guy Wayne is playing, according to her, stole his designs and left him to die destitute and depressed. Mm. So we're talking about like Edison and Tesla. Yeah, here, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. That's the parallel we're drawing. And she, She's like, I have plans. And unlike my dad, I understand that you need money and you need to be able to market these ideas. So you just wait. When I find investors, you'll see. 
and she takes off. And Wayne's just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I was going to say, there's that guilt in there, though, too. Uh, I killed her dad. Like, what? Another one? <laughs> Wayne, get out of get out of that headspace, man. You're yeah. not that guy. Wayne's like, she said I, I killed her daddy? Like, yeah, th- that's some bad shit that he doesn't want to, uh, yep. his mind going down. But I like how smug Marisai is. About, she's like, oh, the price of wearing someone else's likeness, I guess. <laughs> and Marisai's like, I've read broadsheet columns by that girl. It's a shame if if what she says is true. And I believe this is supposed to be the same girl that we saw earlier, if you will remember. Yes. Yeah, uh, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Because she was she was setting up the sound system at the governor's uh, speech, and Marisai was like, oh, yeah, I've read stuff about her. Like, her father was supposedly an inventor, but nobody's ever heard of him. That'd be why. Yeah. And uh, now Wayne is uh, not as interested in the sausages. She she ruined the party for him. How sad. Yeah. I don't, sausages can't <clears throat> cure this wound. <laughs> and so Wax just has to leave the, meet, the, the conversation with the governor. He's like, I, I got to go. Bye. Because uh, things are happening. There's somebody in his brain, and he is kind of panicking a little bit. He's like, guns out, firefight, cover, find firefight coming, find cover, run. And so the vo- the feminine voice rasping his mind is, uh, is, is like, oh, so you realize what I am. Harmony spoke to you. I know that he did. And Wax does a test, thinking things, and figures out that, okay, Bleeder can't hear me. She can only speak into my thoughts. So she's got some of that ruin power, but not the preservation power, which makes sense. since she's running, you know, Chandra in general run on uh, hemallergy. Mm. But Wax, when he says something out loud, she can, she responds. So she's close enough to hear him. A strike of lightning is not a hero. An earthquake is not a hero. These things simply exist. There are no good men. Choice is an illusion. And he's like, this person does sound a lot like bloody tan. And he spots that woman in red from earlier following him. He's like, could that be her? The governor is corrupt. He spent years covering for his brother. I need to free everyone in the city. Harmony crushes his palm against society, smothering it. He claims not to interfere, but then moves us like pieces on a board. And so Wax is like, so killing the governor is somehow going to free the city? Yes, it will. But of course, I can't kill him yet, Wax. I haven't even murdered your father yet. Bum, bum, bum. And Wax is like, well, my dad's dead, but all right. Or is he? Bum, bum, bum. And then he meets the eyes of a server, and the guy freezes and runs. So Wax is like, here he is. I'll get him. I really wanted the server to not be him. And then he, like, jumps on a server. And then he's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but uh, what can you do? Yeah, if a guy I'm sorry just... you didn't like the chicken satay. <laughs> He's like, why did you run then? He's like, I don't know, man. You stared at me all weird. It was weird. You stared at me with your hand <laughs> on your gun, and it was creepy, and I, I, I wanted out. And the, the guy might actually manage to get away, except Wayne comes out of nowhere from the crowd and tackles him. Unfortunately, then the governor's guards pile on top of Wayne and pull Wayne off, because it did look like a random dude just tackled a, a server for no reason. One of the guards has been stabbed or something he's bleeding when they all when the 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 big scrum finally starts to break up and bleeder if that was bleeder has slipped away you should know that i was sad about your lover's death i hated that it was necessary bleeder says in his brain that's rude and he's gonna he's 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 got the guy in his sights and is gonna shoot him across the room because he spotted him again but when bleeder says this he freezes 
he's seeing Lussy again. And he's thinking, damn it, I'm past that. <laughs> he's he's he seriously like almost hits the guy. He shoots just above his head, he says. And I'm like, you don't even know for sure that this is the Chondra. Like, that's bold. <laughs> Didn't he kind of weigh it up though? He was like, Oh, well, you know, we just shoot him anyway. <laughs> To be fair, the guy does appear to have just stabbed a guard, so even if he's not uh, the Chondra, maybe uh, shooting him still on the table. Mm-hmm. Dude throws a chair at the window, shattering it, and then jumps out 20 stories in the air. And then Wayne's like, okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll grab onto you. Let's go. And Wax says, no, you stay here and watch the governor. This might be another distraction. That seems to be the way this person operates. So, And then he jumps out. Chasing him down, and that is the end of our section. There's going to be another broadsheet uh, in the next section. Sorry, I just noticed that as I was flipping through on my Kindle. So, we have maybe found Bleeder, and Wax is hot on his slash her trail. I don't. The the gender thing with the conjurers is, is tricksy. So. Well, they, they have made a point that she is female. Yeah. Even if she happens to be using a male body right now, I guess. Uh, yeah. Deep down somewhere. She identifies as female, so that's good, you know. So let's go into predicaments. What do you guys think? Where is this going to head now? Um, I, okay, I don't think that was Bleeder. Um, I think Bleeder is elsewhere in the party. Whether or not she decides to strike is another matter, but I think the, the, the both both the the, uh, the the distractingly buxom woman and the and the server are both just um, bleeders' allies designed to keep Wax's eyes off the target. I also don't, I don't think the governor is actually the target at the moment because I feel like bleeders leaning really heavily on I've got to kill the governor, got to kill the governor, so they'll focus all their attention on that. And meanwhile, she's actually after someone else. I've, I actually think it might be the daughter of the the electric light inventor, um, oh. who's the who's the target at the moment. Yeah, some, something to do with that conflict. I'm like, uh, cause it, that's yeah, because it's the second time it's come up. I'm like, well, that's got to be relevant at some point. So maybe, yeah, I feel like bleed like bleed is saying, oh, you know, I got to free the city from uh, everything that's holding it back. So maybe she's gonna try and get the technological girl to and and try and figure out some way to harness that or something. I don't I don't really know where to go, but I feel like she's she's the target at the moment. The governor is just a distraction. Interesting. Yeah. So doomsday device. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. She, she wants she uh, bleeder wants the the genius inventor girl to build her a giant mechanical spider so that uh, she can take over everything. Makes perfect was, sense, really. I was gonna say like you know going after Tesla's daughter to build like the duplicating box or something. Mm. Put on and put on magic shows. I'd watch that at least once. <laughs> a bit more David Bowie. You can never have too much Bowie. Oh sure. yeah. Hi, I'm David Bowie. <laughs> As he transforms from a pack of cigarettes. Uh, that was a great moment. It is a good moment. Oh my gosh, we sorry, just randomly on the cruise that we were on, we there was a, a comedian that we went to see, and he has a, a record for the most impressions done in a minute. So he he did a lot of impressions. But he's like, uh, at one point he did what I assume was a Brock Sampson impression, although it could have been any Patrick Warburton character. Let's be honest, he, he does the same voice for everything. But uh, later when he's asking for characters, someone yells out, Rick and Morty. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, f- this, cra- this crowd in here, fine, we'll do a show that only you and I have, have seen. And, <laughs> okay, who else? And I go, more Venture Brothers, thinking that he would not hear this at all. And he goes, what, some more Venture Brothers? Yeah, okay, we'll just make a whole thing of it where I'm doing all these, like, adult swim <laughs> things and none of the, like, 60-plus people who make up the majority of this audience have any idea what it's about. <laughs> okay, fine. And hey, he why not? to do them, and it was hilarious. <laughs> sure. Sorry, I, I just reminded me of that. Please, go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, no problem. All right, so um, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of thoughts because I've been simmering since last week, and then we read some stuff this week, and I'm like, okay, I've formulated... I formulated a more solid theory, I think. So uh, let's start with the party. So I, I don't know whether or not the server was bleeder. I would assume so, especially jumping out a 20-story a window or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, so it's either bleeder or, uh, you know, a servant of bleeders that can either push or pull. You know, it's either a lurcher or a, or a coin shot, which, whichever, what, what, whatever the case may be. But I'm just going to assume that, that it was bleeder. So something so my prediction here is that it is they do want to kill the governor to unstabilize or to destabilize the uh, uh to destabilize the city or even even possibly like become the governor right so it's like if you if you kill the governor and then you take the governor's body you can do whatever you can governate as they say <laughs> um and and kind of act from that that place and maybe taking out the brother first this is a strategy of like taking out people close to the governor so that nobody knows, you know, like uh, nobody, could, nobody could say like, Oh, that, that governor's acting strange. So that's, that would be my theory on that. How I think that's going to be accomplished. I think the party was actually an, att- uh, the leader showing up at the party was an attempt to get to the wife because the wife, he said the wife went home sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think maybe Bleeder poisoned the wife who's going to die, and then Bleeder's going to take over the body of the wife then, to then kill the governor, because the wife's obviously can get close to the governor as she wants, and then uh, you know, and then take over the body of the governor, kill the governor, whatever, whatever the case may be. Mm. There, that's what I think is immediately happening. Here's my larger theory, and I was trying to put my finger on something last time, and then after we read these chapters this week. And I went back and read um, read uh, the prologue for the first book again, and then I thought about the prologue for this book, and I thought to myself, you know what? Bleeder specifically mentions, I'm sorry about your lover. So un- unless his uncle knew a lot about Lessie, which I don't know that he does, mm. I'm going to make the assumption, based on the fact that the Contra had bloody tans bones, and uh, that the Contra was there when Bloody Tan was killed, which if unless there's a super secret person we don't know about, my theory then is that the Contra is actually Lessie or that Lessie was a Contra. Well, because like, those like like when she got um, killed. Like yes. Three, OK, like what? Oh. Like be- even before, because she knows all these personal things about Wax. Uh, she knows him, the bleeder knows Wax very well. And so my theory is that the Condra is actually Lessie. That Lessie was maybe for their entire relationship a Condra. Oh, I, I didn't. Re- you were thinking that far back. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That would that would be a thing. Maybe. Right? And it, maybe maybe it doesn't have to be that far back because you know the Condra they they say in the original books that they interview the people they kill or that they whose body they take over before they do it. 
um, to get all the information out of them that they can to make sure they can act and think like them. Oh. So maybe not from the very beginning, but I think Lessie didn't die. I think Lessie was already a chondra at that point. Wow. Uh, when, Ooh. when, uh, that's messed up because it just does like, that's the only way to me, unless again, unless there's a super secret person we don't know about, that really is the only way that it makes sense to me that they could have access to bloody tan's bones, that they would even know to do that, to haunt wax, that they would have all this personal information about wax with the coin and all that other stuff. And then on top of that, when she says, kill your father, I'm just going to then make the jumping assumption that Bleeder knows something we don't, which would be that his uncle is actually his dad. Oh, that would be it. Jeez, you're just crazy reveal on top of crazy reveal. If these things are right, that's... And there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge nuggets here, and I'm hoping that I'm picking up the right nuggets. So, okay, hold on, I'm trying to think. So, there's there's a lot of implications to that if she, whether or not before that, if at her death she was a conjurer, that means that so wax didn't kill her. Does that make him feel better about? life i don't know it depends on how long the chondra was leslie you know what i'm saying yeah i mean if she just died the day before and got taken by a chondra then that probably doesn't make you feel that much better i don't know but and especially because like so bloody tan saying weird shit like that guy the guard who was taken over saying weird shit so if they were both hemallergied and because I, like I said, I went back and read the prologue, and in the prologue for the first book, Lessie gets captured, and I'm like, even when we read that, not having, not knowing too much about the characters, I was like, this lady seems too capable to be captured. But then they kind of play it off in the prologue, where it says like, oh well, you know, she did this because she knew we could get out of it because we've done it before. Yeah, it uh, says that they they basically get captured all the time. To yes. Each other. Yes, but I mean. If you are the actually the puppeteer of the person doing the murdering that that Wax is trying to stop, it's like you position yourself in such a way that like you could get off scot free for this puppeteering by by basically getting him to kill you. And if she's controlling Bloody Tan through hemorrhage at that point, then Bloody Tan moves her to the right because she knows where he's going to shoot. So she can pre-tell him before he even does it. Like you're gonna, I, like you need to move me now. Interesting. So that's that's my theory. I've I've tried to be as meticulous as Jamie was with her big theories. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that this is all correct. And uh, and then his his uncle being his dad is a whole other series. That of that's like, a whole oh, other geez. thing, and that I don't have a lot of information on. It just makes sense knowing what we know. Like, you know. The only person in play familially for him is his uncle. And it would also make sense that his sister, although maybe his sister is actually his cousin, but whatever, maybe his sister is is, is his uncle's daughter, which is another reason he would want to make sure she wasn't harmed mm. is because it's actually his daughter. But maybe it's not. Maybe maybe the uh, maybe it is actually his cousin, which would be another kind of interesting turn on that. But we don't know anything about her yet, so just, other than but. some bra- some brain bending possibilities here. I like this. I like I I love I love shooting for the fences here. That's always makes yeah. for the best uh, the best theories. Okay. Yeah, I I think I f- I feel like that's I I feel like I'm on the right track, especially because of like going back and rereading stuff. I'm like, yeah, this just doesn't 
something's not adding up here. So it makes sense if now why why Leslie would be a chondra and be manipulating things for all that time? I that part I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know. Okay. Fair. Oh boy. I have to go after that. All right, yeah, you get a follow up a tough act there. Oh jeez. Okay. So for what it's worth, I actually agree uh with joe about the uncle being the father i had the same thought when it was like your dad's you've got to kill your dad i was like oh oh i yeah that makes sense just you know based on what we know and this guy took such a, a vested interest in raising these kids why if he really was the father why they went around the charade about him being the uncle and stuff i don't know mm. but it clearly this um, bleeder knows something about that. Don't know exactly what, but that's okay. I love where you went with Leslie being the conjurer. I thought that was also really cool. I had a thought, maybe slightly different angle. I thought maybe, and now having heard such thought out theories, I don't think I'm necessarily on the money, but I thought maybe the governor already was a Kandra, maybe. Oh, okay. And maybe, like, so similar idea that covering up people that are close to him, but having the governor there being able to, like, because I, I, let me go back a little bit. I don't think Bleeder is the server. I absolutely think that's another decoy. Yeah, it would be very easy to be told to, like, run and jump out the window we don't know what's waiting for us down the window, whether that mm. person has any alimantic power or anything like that, not quite sure. Or, in fact, are they just another Kandra? Is there a whole bunch of Kandra that are working together? Who even knows? But I don't I don't think the server is the guy we're looking for. But it was like, okay, imagine if the governor was there, especially if they're going to lean into having some chats together. We might actually get to talk to this guy a bit more. But I'm still just I'm I'm having a little bit of trouble working out where wax comes in. Why is it so personal? Yeah. About wax, I just can't put my put my finger on it there. But yeah, nothing else really new, I guess, on top of what what the other guys have said. It's a lot of juicy theories going around today. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like the I like this this progression because Joe was like so maybe. Bleeder wants to take the governor to destroy the city, which I didn't even bring up because he then dropped like several other bomb potential theories here. But it's a good point that like you could do all sorts of bad stuff. If you want to take down the city, becoming the governor makes some sense. Right. And so then you have Mm -hmm. that a step even further. It's like, what if Bleeder doesn't want to be the governor? What if Bleeder is already the governor? And you'd still need to take out people close to him. That's a really good point. And we don't we don't even know then, that his wife's alive right now. All we have is his word for it, right? Exactly. And like the the assassination attempt was already a fail. So it's like, oh, the brother's dead. Oh, there was a failed attempt on the governor. But you don't want anyone to see the governor killed because you want to stay there. Hmm. You just and. Look, he gave a whole speech about, oh, the guy was a terrible shot, probably would have missed me anyway. So now it's like, wait, if this was you're all your to plan, miss. yeah, maybe he was going to miss anyway. Mm. So I, I really like this. I think there's actually a decent amount of support for that. Uh, I like that a lot. I love that we're playing Secret Kandra again. 
because it could be anybody. Second so, book in the series. Second book in the series Contra. again. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery Condra. Secret Condra <laughs> on so, in Allendale. Joe was right on target about who the Condra was from the beginning in the second book. Mm. So let's may, let's see if he can do it again. If he's if oh he yeah, can I go two for two? I didn't even think about that <laughs> in in our game of Secret Condra. Or will Jamie take it this time with her new prediction yeah. of what Secret Condra is? Interesting. Uh, okay, Dak, hold on. You, you got to throw in a secret conjure prediction now. Oh, um, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. Who's the who's the who's the best possible candidate for this? Wax. Wax is secretly the conjure. Steris. <laughs> oh, that That'd would be, really be sad. Good. That would be very. Oh, that sad. would be sad. That would that would be a ter- That would be terrible. Like I really hope it's not that, and I have no oh, evidence to back it up. Yeah. So. That would be uh, that would be heartbreaking. Is it wrong yeah. that like that prediction makes me sadder than the one that's like than Joe's that like his his like wife or lover of many years was actually the one that's like this girl that he's practically just met and he doesn't even like all that much. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Well, <laughs> yeah. we didn't get to know Leslie that well. That's true. No, that's we really didn't. Also, like I do want to throw out another bonehead. The- well, not so much theory, but just something that occurred to me when we were, when we were reading this when they said. Oh, you like I haven't killed your father yet. I mean, yeah, like the like the obvious thing is that oh, so Edwan is actually his father and not his uncle. But then my other thought was like, well, we've already had reveals that some of the family members he thought were dead weren't actually dead. So maybe his dad really is alive. Mm, could be. Yeah. Maybe his dad is the secret Kandra. How does Bleeder maybe know his that his dad, dad is alive? Or or that his, da- his dad his uncle is secretly his dad. Oh. That would be a whole other thing. Okay, jeez. Like, See, my dad is Iron Eyes. I don't need to picture the mechanics of a spike-filled man doing that. No, no I know. Although, I just said it for shock value. It, it does make <laughs> you wonder, like, could Marsh have kids, and would they get, like, alimantic powers based on the fact that he has, or ferrochemical powers, based on the fact that he has all these spikes? Like, does that work? Oh, mm. that's true. I didn't think about oh, that. Man. I mean, he originally had the Seeker power, but yeah. Right. So yeah, he could pass on Alamancy without needing the spikes. That's a good point. But yeah, the Ferrochemy. Yeah, not Ferrochemy, though. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. We have one new review that I want to hit on. It's a very short review from Waldo. The, the, the subject line is exclamation point. And the review itself is five stars and says, great podcast. That, that's it. The whole thing. Wow. Oh, thanks, Waldo. Straight to man. the point. Yeah. Very thanks, good man. You a tracer. You you trace. No, I'm just kidding. That's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just throwing in a Chasing Amy reference. Uh, let's see. For you, you're short, sweet, to the point. You're a thug. You thug mm, you. Okay. There you go. Thank you for the review, Waldo. Uh, we have several emails. I might just read two, and then we'll save a couple for next weekend, because they're... Uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll start going through them and see how long they... The first one is from Michael. It says, good morning, Sander Lance crew. Love hearing all the predictions for where Shadows of Self is going to go. Especially, and then we get into spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> Redacted. Keep up the good work, ones. guys. Yeah, exactly. Always a pleasure to hear everyone's theories and the enjoyment they get from reading. This book will especially blow everyone's minds. Wasing to the time of next, Colo. And then, P.S., my phone keeps trying to convert Colo to... Loco, L-O-K-O, 
<laughs> Bringing back bad memories of four loco. <laughs> oh, loco. Thanks, Michael. The next email is from Wolfbite. Uh, it says how to pronounce uh, what we were calling catasendry or what I was saying last time. And other fun musings is what the title says. <laughs> Hello, Sander Lanch crew. Wolfbite here. You may remember me as the earlier as, as the earlier that. I'm sorry, I can't read. You may remember me as the emailer that first asked Joe to read Dinosaur Erotica for us. Don't worry, I'm not here for that today. Oh, it's just, you. Boo! <laughs> get out! Boo! I just love hearing Joe react to that every few episodes or so. This is mostly for Jaden. <laughs> uh, just, just, like, also the way he introduces that is like, Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from previous <laughs> yeah, exactly. emails, such as Dinosaur Erotica. <laughs> I'm I'm Wolfbite, also known as Tarantulabite. You may remember me from such requests as Dinosaur Erotica. <laughs> uh, this is mostly for data, but I wanted it read on the podcast since none of you guys seem to have the answer. According to the audiobooks, the word is pronounced "cata" as in catalyst, and the second half is "chondra," almost like "chondra," but the first "a" is similar to the word "fawn." So put it all together, it would be catachondra. Catachondra. How do you get that out of ease? I don't know. Apparently, yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Uh, I, somebody was talking about it. It may have been Wolfbite in the Discord talking about it. Somebody was saying it's it's a French word, mm. or comes or comes from a French word that means like ash. Yeah, and, uh, I guess that makes sense, mm. seeing as how everything's supposed to be kind of Frenchy. Yeah. So and and the Latin was like cata, was it rebirth or something? I'm not gonna look it up. No, kata meaning downward, but also through, on, against, concerning. So through ash or downward through ash, which kind of fits with the the rebirth of the world from what it used to be. Oh man, you 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 were saying like like reborn. I'm like reborn ash. Oh my god, the volcanoes are coming back. <laughs> Uh, so he says, still a weird made up word, but at least we should be able to say it now. As for the rest of my musings, I'm excited to be in Shadows of Self. This is my favorite book of the second era. You guys are in for a real treat. I'm very excited for your reactions and predicaments as the plot progresses. Speaking of predicaments, Rust and Ruin, one of you is definitely cheating. You're damn near spot on, just backwards in all the wrong ways, or maybe backwards in the right ways. Either way, lay off the adium. Wasn't to the time of next, wolf bite. P.S. I think Brachiosaurus would make excellent copper clouds. Their massive size would make them safe houses on their own. And if there's Why are any we particular about dinosaurs, if there's any particular <laughs> dinosaur I would want immune to emotional manipulation, it would be those behemoths. We have heard of them into a friend. Yeah, we. I, I asked for people to send in what Alamancer dinosaurs they they thought. Yeah, oh, people. that's right. I forgot. I was just that. you know dinosaur erotica. I got sensitive again. <laughs> Triggered. Uh, okay, let's do. We, we have time for one more, and then I'll save the last one for next time. Greetings. Uh, this is from Absolute. Greetings, Sander Lynch crew. I've been enjoying the podcast after discovering it a few months ago, and was especially looking forward to hearing your take on Alamancer Jack. It's one of my favorite Sanderson stories, and have several has several laugh out loud moments for me. I was bewildered at first that none of you seemed to enjoy the story, but realized as you talked further that the difference in our opinions may be about presentation. I've only listened to the audiobook where the annotations are incorporated into the story as opposed to the written version, which seems to have the story and annotations separated. If you get the chance, 
I'd highly recommend the audiobook version as it may change your enjoyment of the story. Michael Kramer does a great job portraying all the characters in unique voices. Keep up the good work. Absolute. I could see that. Like, audio be like, um, is it the narrator from Arrested Development? Like, they're, like they're all saying, it's like, all right, we're going to go do this thing. And the narrator goes, they did not do that. Yep. That would be great with the, if, especially the vo- if the voice of, I guess, Jack in writing the letters and the voice of Andrew Wim are just so different that you can very quickly tell when when he says something and then the annotations just sigh. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I agree that I'm, I, I can't do audiobooks, but I'm half tempted to check that one out anyway. It's only a short story. It's not going to take you very long. Right. OK. And lastly, for now. We have patrons to first. We've got four new patrons since our last recording, so we, we need to shout them out. And then um, we do we have, ever? They, these people are all shards too. It's crazy. We have two new shard backers, new one shard. misting and oh, one wow. ska. Oh my god! So we, uh, let's, we love you guys, but you're crazy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what my wife said when I told her. <laughs> She's like, "I'm very proud of you, but uh, this is weird." <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's go through these and you, Joe, you can go ahead and give them as new backers powers. And then after we do the one ska, we'll go through and do the rest of the ska that we haven't done yet. You, by the way, uh, there's been a very positive response. Uh, I, I missed all like all of it because the first episode that it happened in was the one that came out after I left on the cruise this last week. But uh, there was a lot of uh, response to uh, the 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 fairing assignments in the discord. People oh, were good. very, very happy about it. Let me know when you have your list. I'm ready. Okay. So our first new shard backer, technically it's second. I'm, I'm going in reverse chronological order because it was easiest for me here, but uh, is Eldred. Eldred. Oh, Eldred. Thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And you know what, Eldred? You remind me of Eland, which reminds me of Wax. So you're a <laughs> skimmer. <laughs> nice. Good Good one. Um, the next one is also, Austin. Uh, one of the coolest, sorry, one of the coolest things uh, I saw Says do was also skimming. So you remind me of yeah. as well. Also in the second book. Yeah, it was a that was a cool moment when he skimmed. The Austin is the second one. Oh, Austin, you uh, you my friend. Uh, I think I'm gonna make you a blood maker. Yep, gold. Mm, nice, you make nice. that blood, man. At the misting level, we have, I believe, this is Wolfbite. We'll just send us that email. Sweet. Um, Wolfbite, you uh, you got a lot of physical strength. You're a brute. Nice. Uh, and then finally, at our new skull level backer is Andrew, who is, by the way, an Australian. Hey. Hey. Look at you, you Australian. So um, for you, the Australian among us, you uh, store energy. You're a subsumer. Mm. Okay, and then we got another six ska backers that we will do real quick here. Audrey? Uh, you're the pinnacle, Audrey. You store determination. Mm, that's an interesting one. Uh, we got Dan. I believe Dan's emailed us a couple times before. Dan, your emails, they're a joy. You're an archivist. You store those memories, like our friend says. We got Dominic? Dominic, uh, for you, I think you're going to store senses. A wind whisperer or wind whisperer. Nice. That's a cool that, name. That, 
that's an interesting one because you can store different scents in each metal mine. So, mm-hmm. Kendra. Kendra, you store identity, true self. Nice, nice. Patrick. Patrick, uh, I'm going to give you the ever rare investiture, you soul bearer, you. Mm. And finally, we have Steph, who appears to be European because that's a Euros being backed here. Steph, why don't you uh, why don't you quicken the pace here? Steel Runner. Mm, I, I like the Steel Runner. That's one of the cooler ones. I feel like not just yeah. because we seem to have a Steel Running Murderer in this book, but uh, partly Steel Running Murderer. So I think we've now gotten through all of our current patrons. Thank you guys so much for wanting to contribute, and uh, we are working on the first. Uh, I want to make it known again. Just gonna take this opportunity <laughs> to say it has already been written. It's been written for for like over a week now, and uh, there's one person here at least that has not read it. <laughs> yeah, I was I I opened up the moment so that Joe could jump in with that. But yes, I downloaded it to read on my trip, and then when I tried to open it in my Kindle app, it was not there. So I did not get the chance, and I just got back today, so I haven't had a chance since then. What do you know? <laughs> Dak, what about you? Have you read it? <laughs> I have read about half of it, and okay. I'm gonna and I'm gonna once I complete reading it, then I'm gonna be making notes and like, all right, do this here, do this here. All right. Well, you know, don't don't spare my feelings. So far, how do you feel? I like it. I it like sucks. it a lot. It sucks a whole lot. I you haven't first, read it. I read the first word just now, and I was very put off by <laughs> well, it. Well, you've so. already read the whole I, – I sent you the narrator part yeah, before, you did. and you already <laughs> read it. Oh, spoiler, narrator. Cut that. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry, tease. Joe. I have not read it. This is uh, – and you can – it's fine. It's uh, And this is something you can cut, but I, I just had this idea. For people that aren't Patreon backers, once we do release it, what we could do if you wanted to is like kind of do an ad for it during the show and like say like, and and then like play a clip from it. That's funny. Mm, After we do it and then say like, Hey, if if you guys, yeah, if you guys want to hear the possum hunters episode here, we're going to tease it right now. We're going to, we're going to give you a little taste of what you're missing out on, but not being on the Patreon. So, uh, you know, listen to this and maybe, maybe that'll get you, get you interested. And then, uh, you know, we play that. That's a good idea. I like that. Um, okay, so um, let me uh, – sorry, I don't have my spreadsheet up of what we're going to read next. So give me one moment to – usually I just have that open all the time on my computer, but I shut it down when we went out of town. All right, so yes, we will – I'm going to read it, I promise. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. It's just uh, I know not, you will. not been the, the, the right week. I just me. think it's – I think it's fun – funny <laughs> because I was really anxious about getting it finished, and it was it's funny to me now that I have it finished to just like make fun of you guys for not having done it. Sure. Yeah. So for next time, everyone, we are reading two more chapters, chapters eleven and twelve. So if you're following along at home, two more, eleven and twelve for next time, and that will put us over halfway through this book. So we Ooh. are progressing at a rapid clip through this. Um, through the sh- through shadows of self, I almost said the shadows of self. There's no the in this one. It sounded like you were about to say the shit. <laughs> this shit, yeah, we're getting through it, getting through the shit. Um, so thank you, everyone. Two chapters for next time. Music by Miracle of Sound. 
If you would like to email us, like the people that I didn't do this at the time, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You could find us on Facebook and Instagram and clearly Patreon now. Uh, if if you are a person who uh, send in emails and haven't heard them yet, like I said, I'm saving one for, uh, for us to do next week in case we come up short on the next one. Uh, and it's another one that comes with a piece of art, so that's always fun. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry. We're getting there. I promise. Thank you for everyone who obviously who's, who wants to support us on Patreon, but even just for people who want to interact with us on the Discord or send us emails. It really uh, – I love it that people – are that into the show, even to the point that they're just like, Hey, I want to email you guys and uh, get your, your thoughts on stuff. Like, I think that's super cool. So we appreciate yeah. it. So yeah, two more chapters and wasing to the time of next Cola. Check my head. I guess the joke's on me.